Recorded live. Hello, everyone. This is a call to action radio, a new genre in radio, results-based radio. Today is Sunday, March 15, 2015. Our hosts today are Kimberly Schultz and Bobby Vaughn, Jr. Eugene Irvin might join us um, today. If not, we will go ahead and get started. Uh, our, today our guest is the owner of Sun Potion Transformational Foods, Scott Lindy. And we're really excited to speak with you, Scott. Um, I just want to give a little background to the listeners how we found out about Sun Potion. And that would have been, I guess, in November of 2014. We were at our local mother's market. And uh, we live in Newport Beach. It's just down the street from where we live. And there was a product demonstration by a very uh, informative representative of Sun Potion. His name is Edward, I believe. And uh, he was very passionate about the product and very knowledgeable. And he was telling us about all the different products. And one in particular caught my attention because um, that was the reishi mushroom because I was having um, some trouble with my adrenals and it was a mention about adrenals. We're like, all right, let's try that. We really love the taste of it. And I'm not a mushroom fan, but um, I love the taste of the reishi mushroom. Very earthy. And yeah, very earthy. <laughs> and um, so we tried that and we bought the product and started using it. And I was a couple weeks in or maybe even a couple days in, I noticed uh, improvement in my sleep, um, kind of a, you know, stronger sense of peace. Um, I know it helps with the um, stress relief and immune support. And uh, so I got excited about it and I was like, you know, we should interview uh, the owner of this um, this product and find out, you know, more about it. And that's when we contacted you. And then time kind of got away from us and we're finally getting together to talk about it. Um, so I wanted to just at least let people know how we found out about it. And then if you could just give us a little background on how Sun Potion came about, and um, we'll kind of go from there. Oh, wonderful. Thank you, Kimberly. I appreciate the intro, and it's really wonderful to be here on the show with you this morning. As you, oh, yes, please. Thank you. And uh, as you mentioned, it's uh, uh, we're based up in Santa Barbara, and that's a kind of a key piece of the Sun Potion story. The company was actually started, I started it four years ago after moving to Santa Barbara, and it really, uh, I feel like, was a place that kind of ignited the creation of the company. Um, you asked about just a general overview of what we do, and we basically offer about 25 different single-ingredient tonic herb, extract powders, foods, um, things that are powdered and they uh, basically a person would have a small serving of daily and their tea or water or smoothie or whatever they're really already doing in their daily morning protocol and it's uh the herbs of the family are you could be simplified as saying basically a, a really easy way to feel good uh, they're all plants that are considered tonic herbs which in layman terms, just basically means they're foods that if you eat them over a long period of time on a regular basis, they make your system more adaptable to stressors and um, more flexible as you move through life. So we all know that in our modern and present 
lifestyle. Many of us have stressors that we're exposed to. These might be environmental toxins. They might be food toxins. They might be traffic or exposure to EMFs or our cell phone or any number of other uh, distractions to Instagram, even as it is a beautiful and powerful tool. It can be distracting. Um, So these things, uh, stressors, if we're taking tonic herbs or adaptogenic plants, uh, we can fortify our system to be more robust and more powerful and also more adaptable and sensitive. Um, So it offers a really unique experience of the body because we start eating one of these foods or a couple of these foods on a daily basis. We might, over the course of finishing the container, say a month and a half or two months of eating a particular herb, um, there's really tends to be a big shift in how people are feeling in their own body or things that they, little things that they notice in their daily experience that are new and sometimes even profound or even unique to previous experiences. So that's a brief overview and that's kind and of I would, say, I would say that definitely yeah. I'd say definitely purchasing any of your, your products is an excellent deal. Um, you know, both for your, your spirit, your body, you know, your sense of well being. You know, all it all it costs is about the same price as going out to eat, for, you know, one night, and uh, one container will last for a month, you know, so, you know, sacrificing going out to eat for one night um, in exchange for your health is definitely an awesome exchange, I would say, um, and uh, I really, really favor the reishi mushroom, um, and it does say that, uh, and it is um, regarded as a queen healer mushroom, Um would you like to give us a brief overview on Queen Healer and the uh, the immune support that Reishi uh, is capable of and and has? Oh, thank you. So you've touched on a couple of really great points here. One is uh, if people see the jars of Sun Potion foods or products, they will notice that there is probably a name of an herb on the front uh, that they may or may not recognize. And so along with the other just standard information that's on the front of the packaging, including like weight and things like that, will actually have kind of a a handle or a stage name or a commonly referred to or a nickname of that particular herb, which gives a glimpse of what that herb has to offer the body and why would a person want to take that product or that plant into their system. So in the case of reishi, the nickname, we could call it, of reishi is sometimes referred to as the queen healer. So we know there's many different therapeutic and beneficial mushrooms in that in that family of uh, fungus and plants, and reishi is one of them. There's other examples like cordyceps, chaga, shiitake, maitake, lion's mane, agaricon. These are all different examples of therapeutic or beneficial mushrooms, which we can eat or prepare or have in tinctures or in teas or serve culinary. And um, basically, the queen healer, so sometimes is referred to the reishi as the queen healer and chaga mushroom as the king healer. So the idea there is that if a person was taking 
these two mushrooms on a consistent basis, they would be imbibing or in, including the therapeutic properties or beneficial aspects of many, if not most, if not all of the therapeutic called like medicinal or tonic mushrooms in that family. Does that make hmm. sense? That does make sense, yes. Um, and energetically, there's more of a feminine aspect to the reishi and the chaga, if people spend time with that. And often people experience as having a distinct masculine energetic to yeah. it. Yeah. Right on. Um, of course, all these mushrooms grow wild. Uh, do you know a, a certain... Uh, do you know where we can find reishi or chaga growing wild in the United States, just in case people are out there, any you know, um, mushroom hunters out there? Absolutely. Thank you for asking. So a couple of things about finding mushrooms wild. Um, the chaga and the reishi are indigenous all over the world and fight in specific types of climates for specific to the, the chaga. The, the reishi can grow anywhere from in the mountains in, in China or in South America or in the jungle. or uh, I have a, a close friend who started his business a number of years ago and was offering juice, cold-pressed juice and smoothies and salads and things from a food car, food truck, in Hollywood. And he was parking this truck on Vine in Hollywood, I believe. And uh, that was his spot that people would always come to to find his truck and get their juice and this and that. And he created quite a nice scene there. Well, the reishi, they tend to grow where there's positive maybe spiritual or energetic beneficial thing that's happening or maybe a sacred point or like, you know, if you see it on a mountain, it might be underneath a really beautiful, powerful tree or these kinds of things or growing off of a stump of a massive old tree. Um, In this case, the reishi showed up in the planter box on the sidewalk just adjacent to where their truck was parked on a daily basis for months. No way. This is in the center of Hollywood that's like right on a major by you know, byway or road. Oh. And here's the spirit of this beneficial plant that's like, oh, is it just happenstance or is it like sitting on a grid point or why did the truck go there? I mean, all yeah. of these layered things are positive. So these like spirited and like energetic patternings tend to gravitate toward one another and um, Reishi tends to like to go to places where there's an up five positive beneficial circuitry or point there. So that's where it can grow in in the wild. In the case of Chaga, they specifically grow off of birch trees, which do grow all around the northern hemisphere, all around the world. Anywhere that it's cold enough for the birch to grow. And so if you go into northern climates, Siberia, Canada, I'm from, personally, I'm from Minnesota. So when I go home to Minnesota, I take a trip each time, drive up to northern Minnesota by the Lake, lake Superior mm-hmm. and north of, and north of that, up towards Canada. And we just go and walk through the birch stands and sure enough, there's chaga growing on many of those trees there. And so that's where chaga's grown and or grows itself. Um, and it tends to grow off the side of the tree. It looks like a burnt piece of charcoal or 
um, growth. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people would probably say if they're if they're familiar with birch trees, they've probably seen chaga and didn't know that it was chaga. But it just seems like a characteristic part of what that tree looks like, and it's because there's rather prolific. So yeah, awesome. Uh, back uh, back when I lived in the Midwest, I was a uh, I was unemployed, so I had a lot of a lot of time to spend time in nature. And go on, you know, go on my own little independent uh, journeys. And um, I really favored mushroom hunting because, you know, the sense of adventure, um, the uh, the just uh, the mystical aspect of just choosing to put yourself in nature and connecting with the wild and hunting for a, uh, a sacred treat is is an awesome feeling, you know, to say the least. Yeah, we I agree to, with you. Absolutely. I used to hunt morels. Um, I grew up in the Ohio. But I remember we used to, in, when I lived in Indiana, it was a big thing to hunt for morels. But it was only around certain trees in certain areas, and it was quite an adventure to go out and find these mushrooms because they didn't just grow anywhere. And I'm pretty sure it was the birch tree that we would find them near, um, one, usually a birch tree that had fallen, and um, there must be a, a resonance between the, that mushroom and the birch tree, I suppose. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. There's certain mushrooms that will grow just on, like, dead and dying composting trees or or uh, wood chips or, you know, the, the mycelia, the fruit, um, I mean, the uh, basically the nervous system or the roots of the mushroom can innervate and, and travel through entire forests. So it's true. They they tend to go for, they grow in places where they can um, draw nutrients from a rich source. And some of the, in some cases, that's a living tree. And in other cases, maybe a tree that's decomposing and dying off. Yeah, I think I've Are, heard um, about mushrooms that could actually, forests that have, you know, burned down to the ground, that mushrooms will actually reestablish the entire forest. Oh, absolutely. So that's a case of it the mushrooms actually helping to generate soil and things like that. And also just to spring forth life. And yeah, that's great. Amazing. Um, and, and speaking of that, um, I know I had read about in one of the interviews you shared with us, blog interviews, that you have a very high standard of testing for your product. Could you go into a little bit of detail on what that entails? Oh, sure. Thank you. So, um, many of the products are are either grown or processed in laboratories, and the way the reason for doing this is that the material is really high quality, and it's um, absolutely essential that it's clean source, meaning that there are no unwanted contaminants present in the plant. Um, so, for certain types of plants, it really means that they do best when they're grown. Or a way of doing doing them is like to grow them clean source indoors in a laboratory setting, and then to further make them more bioavailable or concentrated by doing some pretty sciency type extraction processes, which ultimately leaves us with a powder that's super bioavailable that is usually very uh, dissolvable in liquids and basically contains a concentrated property of the plant. So in the 
for instance, I mean, we were just talking about Chaga and Reishi. Our Chaga is wild, crested on horseback, but the Reishi is actually, mm-hmm. and as well as the cordyceps, grown in an indoor laboratory. So what this allows is um, monitoring and controlling of the, the nutrients and the, like, specific growth environment to get the highest um, availability of the active components or active plant chemicals that we would be taking that thing for. Um, So that's about the mushrooms. As far as our testing and compliance goes, so we're operating at what the FDA would call uh, highest compliance for food-based dietary supplements. So that's to say that we are not just putting uh, or treating the material as food anymore, um, but it's actually these plants are considered so therapeutic that they are treated and handled as all nutraceuticals or food-based dietary supplements. So there's different standards of record-keeping, of accountability, of transparency and sourcing and materials, and where if it is grown outdoors in an organic fashion, what the growth environment, what the watering situation, what the like traceability of that plant material back to when it was grown. Um, so that all comes at a significant um, level of education on our part as, as the company goes and uh, investment and things like that. Um, but it's really a huge benefit because we're able to then stand 100% behind the products that we offer saying confidently that based on our sourcing and based on our own personal review and based on the record keeping and transparency that we keep, that we are offering best quality materials. And so in the case of testing, we would receive bulk material from the provider lab, which is accompanied by Certificates of analysis, which are basically a one-page document that outline any presence of any oh, contaminants such as mold or or metals or chemicals or pesticides or uh, roughly 16 to 20 different specific things or spectrum tests. And then it would also the C of A would also show things like percentage of active ingredient of that specific batch of material um, which if we're dealing with plants you can't have a you can't have an always consistent bulk material plant like because of growing seasons and watering and um, things all beyond the control of that uh, you can't have total consistency in plant material but the way that the con- concentrated extracts are made there are certain ones that have standardized, consistent percentages of active ingredients. So that certificate would show all of that information. We we basically receive or import or procure that that material and also the documents, and it goes into quarantine in our nutraceutical lab, where a sample of the material is taken, and that material is sent off to a third party testing lab where that full certificate of analysis is rerun and done again so that we receive then parallel documents that are saying the same thing. That is um, 
that material then is released from quarantine and goes through packaging or production and is put into jars and labeled and sealed and all that kind of stuff. And that all happens in a clean environment, hyper-clean, clean uh, clean rooms with all the uh, good manufacturing practices. And then we basically take samples, batch samples from that run of packaging, first, middle, and last. So you're getting staggered sampling throughout the batch. Uh, That finished material, the units go into quarantine again, and those batch samples are sent off for a repeat of the test, leaving us ultimately with three documents all saying the same thing. This material is clean, that it, it is what it says it is, that it matches the genetic profile of the plant and things like that and has certain percentages of active ingredients. So, I don't know. That's kind of the flow chart of the... Maybe that was too much detail. I don't know if I lost you on that or... or no, not at all. It's great. The one thing that um, you can't always rely on is just because something is, you know, says it's something on the package is the degree of, um, you again, the transparency is important we don't know the degree of quality just because it says it's, you know, racy on one, in one package, the degree that it's going to be, you know, 100% backed by, you know, clean product and is what it says it is. And the reason why I brought that up was because of that recent um, Walmart, Walgreens, and GNC um, had been, they had been located some products that were, you know, marked as herbs, and they didn't have the herbs in the product. And there was other things inside the product that weren't labeled. And so labeling and transparency and the quality of the product is a huge concern for people who are now seeing that they're getting mislabeled and misrepresented products. And, um, Absolutely. Which is, yeah, yeah which uh, in my opinion is like a huge offense against the the potency of the herb, I mean, the potential for the herbs to really help people, because if somebody's eating bad or non-existent herbs from a supplement that they think is going to help them, they have then no benefit that actually affects them or a beneficial aspect to their uh, influence on their system. And then, I mean, it's just all around bad. They they miss out on the opportunity to really experience that plant. They miss out on the opportunity to receive the benefits of it healing properties, um, people get misled. I mean, it just basically is a bummer all around. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, there's an example of the FDA, like, victory, guys. Like, thank you so much for taking time to, like, really dig into that. And so on an official level, we, like, applaud moves like that where there is accountability that's held and companies have to, like, answer for poor practices. And so, and beyond the official level, we say on a personal level, it's so essential that as individual consumers and individual people that we take individual sovereign responsibility and action like your show is about so appropriately to ask questions of companies who we, whom we consume their products. We are their paying customers. We have the opportunity to ask. Their phone number's on the back of the jar or the container. By asking, we inspire more accountability and transparency and all these things that we're talking about in the market. And when we as consumers demand best 
quality or transparency or at least as a minimum accuracy on labeling, then companies will listen because that's their squeeze on their market share. And it doesn't affect many of us to do that. We field questions on an ongoing, continual, all-the-time basis from customers. Not all that many of them because we, we really do our best to poise the brand as a quality material company who really cares about the sourcing and the ingredients and the quality and efficacy of these plants and gives deference and respect to their lineage and how they're arriving now in the grocery store, now in this boutique health food store, now in a boutique clothing store. In in not a California location, they're like getting into mainstream places. So it's like a big responsibility for companies. And it's an absolute need that there's standards for keeping companies accountable. I see it all the time because we have educated ourselves about proper labeling and really care a lot about sourcing and cleanliness and quality. I'm consuming other products on the market and largely unhappy with what I find. And there are quality products out there. It is just the responsibility of the individual to like have a discernment. Hey, this doesn't smell good. Hey, this doesn't really taste all that right. I mean, if you find a company that you can trust, their sourcing and their quality control, stay with that that company if it works for your body and you've like done some investigation or you've you've like taken an interest in finding out more information from them. But also, don't just trust companies just because they're on the shelf, I guess is what I'm saying. Trust the yeah. companies that are trustworthy because you've done your due diligence and you've come to see that they are trustworthy and don't trust the ones that maybe haven't earned your trust or you don't have a, a relationship with. Healthy untrust, healthy like consideration of the possibility that it might not be what it says it is, that it might need more investigation to be like passing your own personal standard. Well, and that's what we like about, you know, what I feel very confident in sharing Sun Potion products. And I tell people when I, you know, talk about the reishi mushroom and, and my response to it, how I felt incredible clarity um, when taking it that, you know, it reduced the stress level that I used to have, which, you know, I had no reason to have it, but I felt it. And the clarity, and then I tell people, I write down Sun Potion after I say it. I don't say, don't just go buy, you know, another product that has this in it. You know, go with something I believe in. And so, therefore, you know, I look at Sun Potion as a model going forward for other companies to have that transparency and that degree of quality control to assume, you know, assure that when you take in this product, you're getting the very best that you can get. And that's very important to us. Um, and another thing that that a lot of people don't do is read their label. And, you know, since um, Bobby has really had me take it to a whole other level on looking for products that, you know, have the labeling of fair trade and cruelty-free and just taking that label reading to a whole new level, um, are there companies that you work with that have that type of labeling or um, is that something that you personally look for in the products that you purchase as well? Absolutely. And the other piece to that too is this idea of mind like knife where 
you see through the transparency in a structure of something and you're able to go, oh, there's a there's a an emblem that says something about what's in that container. Or there's a labeling piece that says they've taken the time to like get that certified in a certain way. And then understanding what those different labels mean. Because uh, well I could say for instance like this Organic products are inherently non-GMO. You cannot have an organic product that is simultaneously genetically modified. That being said, there are also products on the market which are verified non-GMO that are also simultaneously not organic and are grown, the ingredients are grown and prepared and handled in conventional standards. So you can have a package which says non-GMO project and as consumers rightfully want to support non-GMO, but if as your personal standard you also are not interested in eating food that's been prepared with um, specific types of chemicals that you don't want to put in your body, then it would also behoove you to understand that just because it's non-GMO, doesn't necessarily mean that that thing uh, may have not, it may have also been ground with fertilizer and pesticides was heavy chemicalized because that's conventional preparation. So it's true, yes, absolutely. Look for standards, look for labeling, and also like there's so many layers to deciphering the actual jargon and wording of these things that it's really important just to be educated and have a healthy curiosity. People can ask the, the employees at the stores. The, if the employee on the floor doesn't know, somebody at the store knows that. Food industry people understand a huge depth of what these different words mean. And so just in the, in the way that the languaging can be used in a positive sense to ultimately be representing something that may or may not be best ever, uh, there can also be best ever things that may or may not have the labeling. So it's, it's upon us to learn. You could say it like that. Yeah, and you mentioned um, that you avoid staying, um, you avoid refined sugar and GMOs at all costs. That's something that, um, you know, we do as well. Uh, is there any, you know, would you like to dive into that a little bit about why? Oh, sure. So... I mean, on a personal level, I would call, categorize, name, or otherwise associate myself as somewhat of a selectitarian. In other words, I am selective about what I put into my body. I have the opportunity to choose. I think all of us have the opportunity to choose, and that's a part of why we're doing what we're doing, to encourage the opportunity of people to choose what they put into their system. So we, there is just an overwhelming body of work about both of those things you mentioned, the things like refined sugar and the effects of GM food on the body and these things, uh, that we're educated we can choose about whether or not we want that in our system. And because of just even the most surface scratching of facts and details would lead me personally to not want those things in my body, then I go, oh, I could probably live without that and just this other thing. Yeah, I prefer um, uh, prefer coconut sugar, organic coconut sugar, or coconut palm sugar. Yeah, 
sugar, um, if I am going to use it. We have in SunPotion this, this product called Anandamide, and it's probably, to my knowledge, is the only unsweetened cacao drink mix on the market. And the reason that it even exists is because this is what we would make our guests when they came over to our house, which is it also this kind of thing. And so it was taken from, these are the ingredients on our shelf, which is basically the entirety of the SunPotion line, as well as any other high-vibe ingredient that we might use on a daily basis. And the creation was, for the guests, was this kind of chocolatey, creamy, spicy, warm, blended tea with coconut water or ghee or some other um, high-quality fat carrier that makes a really nice, frothy tree. It tastes like chocolate milk or hot chocolate and Mm -hmm. doesn't have any sweetener in it. Um, So ultimately, we ended up eventually just making that blend and making it available for people. And the nice thing about having no sweetener is that, first of all, it still tastes good without it. And if people want sweetener, then celebrate uh, their opportunity to choose what kind and how much of that. And and so, like like you said, you prefer a certain different kind, and, I mean, that's awesome. Use that if yeah. you like that. Those people that are yeah. maple syrup, yeah, use that if that's what gets you gets you. Yeah, so, yeah. I like to use um, use your uh rice brand solubles as a creamer for my coffee. It's really good, really good. Oh, that's an uh, excellent idea. It works really well for that. Yeah, yeah. Rice brand stabilized rice brand solubles. Really hydrating for the skin, super nourishing for the connective tissue. Beautiful, beauty food. I'm a, just basically. Water and fat soluble, vitamin E and vitamin D. It's like amazing food. It's fun to eat. It's super fluffy. Tastes creamy. Works yeah. great as works great in desserts. It's very interesting. You know, uh, sometimes I'll just take a dab and put it on my tongue and just let it melt. It's just really interesting how it does that. Um, I used it in cereal a few days ago. Some granola cereal. I uh, used it as my milk, and it worked worked just fine. I loved it. You know, the um the awesome benefits of it. I'm definitely going to keep on using it. I like it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad you're into it. Mm. It's a favorite around our house too. Nitsa walks around the house with a pin under her elbow and a big tablespoon just munching scoop after scoop of these heaping <laughs> tablespoons of tacos in the morning. Pretty fun. <laughs> awesome. How many um, how many stores are you in now? If someone wanted to go to the website, is there a, a way that they could do a store locator to see if they, if they carry the products in your area, or can they buy online? Oh, absolutely. We well, first I'll answer the first part of that question. So we're currently in about 130 health food stores and other outlets, mostly centered in Southern California, but there are locations in the Midwest and Northeast, New Jersey and New York and some in the Pacific Northwest. So um, people can go on our site and they would find a whole range of health food stores, naturopaths, spas, tea bars, juice bars, um, various different companies that currently purchase wholesale from us. And then on a more, on a direct level, people are always able to access information and articles and content and background about the products on our website. And so if people want to see like 
for instance, there's a stream of our daily Instagram feed is in there. It's a nice way to like see a bunch of great pictures of herbs and tea and kind of the lifestyle of what we're doing, and other people contribute to it. And um, there's a section of blog articles that people can read background information. There's or there's a one or two pages of content about each of the plants. So if people just want to go and learn about the foods and what they do and how they cannot have them be a part of their life, that is like a really awesome resource for them to be able to access and learn about. And then, of course, the product is for sale there too. So yeah. um, we always like yeah. to encourage people to go to their local health food store and ask for it, and if they have it already, then... Um, continue getting it there because it like really is nice to support that community aspect of the store being a service and an education center for the people and honestly people's consistently uh, people's consistency which is really a, an essential part of the herbs helping people is that they take it consistently and if a person is a part of a local food system or like loves their local health food store and goes there on a regular basis and buys the Sun Potion stuff there, it creates more of an opportunity for them to get it on a regular basis and have it be a part of their life over time. And that's really what we're... That's really where they'll receive the most benefit of it. And so, you know, if people want to get it from us on the web, they can do that. It's, um, it's also celebrated and offered in health food stores all over the place. So you can find those stores on our store finder on our website. Awesome. That's a really good point that you make because we're, we're really conscious of supporting our local community um, because, you know, that's, it's, it's just nice to have that relationship with, you know, you walk in and, and people know your name and um, you, you care about the products and you're supporting your local, you know, reducing your carbon footprints and supporting your local um smaller store-based type things, and, you know, then we're working closer in a, in a community way. Um, that That's always been important to us, and I'm not, you know, pointing any fingers at big box chains. I'm just saying that I personally choose to support my local community because I just think it's, it just feels good to do that, and, yes, it does help, you know, keep them smaller mop and mom and pop stores in business and, you know, continuing to support their local community. Absolutely, and you mentioned, you know, I, I clearly I'm not going to be able to remember and to state all of the different stores offhand right now, but the, the more small to medium and even larger chain health food stores in California specifically that are doing great with the products are places like Lawson's, Lazy Acres, Air One. Uh, we just got into the, the word talking with the clerks, they're going to be carrying the stuff. Um, probably Jimbo's will be in, end up carrying it soon. These are like places that are, these are stores that are owned by families and independently operated often. And they also are doing well because the market trends towards natural, healthy, clean, transparent foods and businesses and places people can buy those things. So we're witnessing a lot of awesome small to medium size, maybe previously just one-off, like Hanson's down in Orange County, um, one-off stores that are now opening a second and a third location, and the, some of them a 15th and an 18th and a, these kinds of things. And so it's an exciting time for 
natural food industry, it's an exciting time for health. There are more and more options all the time as the general populace and citizenry become more and more educated and have an increase or a change in their standards of what they want and what they are willing to pay for and what they're willing to receive from the foods that they choose to, to eat, um, we'll just continue to see more and more of it. So it's it's really a fun, exciting time to get into food, to get into health, and to continue uh, refining that if we've been into in it for a long time. So yeah, we Lots cover yeah we cover a lot of that uh, those subjects, not just food, but also um, our our air, our water, and how to detox um, because you know we have so many toxins and free radicals and such that are in the environment um, that we may or may not have a choice of getting away from. Um, so it's all about, yes, we have to acknowledge that these things are going on, that we need to be conscious of detoxing our body. And, you know, primarily our focus is on um, the pineal gland, or however you pronounce it, pineal. Um, you mentioned that in one of the interviews, and it's, I don't know how many people are familiar with it on a, on a you know, just a common conversation about how key that is into that's where you think, where you dream. Um, when you close your physical eyes, it's where you see and imagine from, where you create from, and how important it is to keep that area detoxed and, you know, most people could possibly be calcified uh, through the fluoridation of the water and such. Um, did you want to touch, touch base on the pineal gland a little bit? Oh, absolutely. That's awesome. So here's another piece of the puzzle is there are, there is an opportunity to become more and more in touch and in tune and attuned to our subtle, latent, internal circuitry and empowered human potential. Um, subtleties, nuances, new sensitivities, new intuition, new layers of um, observation or experience of our body. And a lot of that stuff happens through glandulars and systems that get shut down through toxins in our water and our um, food and our what we put in our body and our medications if we're doing that, all these things. And so, um, yeah, the, the pineal gland is essential for a lot of reasons. And it's like the in, you, you mentioned it, it's the internal eye, the spirit eye, the kind of, I think, it, I think of it as an internal compass or bearing on what's going on around me. And it's definitely a part of the multidimensional circuitry of being human and the opportunity to really inhabit our powers or our individual like embodiment. And so uh, you mentioned detoxification, which is really important. And another piece to that is also nourishment. If we detoxify all the time, and there's always phases to these projects. So if we take on we go from standard operation, maybe standard American diet or having a history of a lot of contamination exposure, um, mm-hmm. to wanting to change and do something different, we can go through a period of detoxifying. It's also important to nourish during that time too. And then as we maybe get ourselves really cleaned out, there's always a, like a little bit of a maintenance program that we can do. And in addition... Um, then it's really important to keep nourishing and fortifying and rebuilding and supporting and these kinds of things because a lot of us are malnourished. Even though we're in a modern time and we have health food stores and we have 
food everywhere around us and we can choose what we put in our body. There's a lot of hollow and kind of un, unsupported food out there. So if we want to deeply nourish and support our body, eating foods that's highly bioavailable and highly nutritive, especially for if we're wanting to have like access to these glandular that some of these things like the pineal gland, the pituitary, this kind, these kinds of places, there's foods that actually specifically nourish those centers in the body. And so eating things like pine pollen, or this morning I was eating some green pastures, fermented skate liver oil. Um, these are like foods that go straight to that center and feed it. I mean, I'm all, I'm all on board for that kind of food on a personal mm-hmm. level. Like, that's what I want to be eating all the time, like every day. If I can get it, it's available. Like, yeah, I want that. I find it interesting that pine pollen would nourish the pineal gland. <laughs> yeah. um, interesting in the sense, you know, it's uh, pine, pine pine, and uh, pineal, P-I-N-E, both the same. And, uh, yeah, pretty sure that uh, yeah, in certain symbology that a, uh, that a pine cone uh, does symbolize the pineal gland. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, the subtle and the profane, right? I mean, it's just like the bl- the blatant, obvious. Uh, tra- we talk about transparency, but sim- symbology in in lineages, and symbology in artwork, and symbology in human timelines is profound, and it's so obvious and clear. I mean, even on a modern scale. Where does the coding for multidimensional intelligence lie? It lies in things like children's cartoons and entertainment movies and these kinds of things. I mean, there's like a lot of truth to be said for things that are, I mean, it's like right there, obvious in front of us. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Pineal gland, pine, pine cone. I mean, you look at Egyptian symbology, the staff of Osiris. What's on top of it? A pine cone. You look at the modern religions. What's on top of the the Pope's big stick that he carries around? Often a pine cone. Um, You look at what's on the front of the treasury building? A pine cone. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, these are standardized humanist symbologies for evolution, embodiment, and ultimately power. And so they make their way into everything, the subtle, the profound, the obvious, the hidden, the like, you know, Taoism has these like layers of meaning. So there's like the, the beginner, the beginner layer, the like most visual, profound, simple to understand one. And then there's layer and then there's layer. And then there's like the hidden double secret behind the closed caption, you know, like inside layer, internal layer of meanings of things. And I mean, fortunately for well, really excitingly and really in a fun way for me personally is that eating tonic herbs on a daily ongoing basis for a number of years, a lot of those meanings and a lot of those layers just start to become visible. And so if people want to have an internal compass for being able to see and understand and know the layers of things, nursing the potentials of the body to nourish feeding things like the pituitary or the thymus or the pineal gland. I mean, these are direct paths to seeing, feeling, understanding, embodying 
creating new circuitry and new pathways in the body to be able to handle that understanding, to be able to handle that information, to be able to handle maybe on an energetic level the the vibratory frequency of that in the in our body. I mean, there's so many different layers to it. It's really pretty fun. Yeah, doing away with the old power plant and creating a new one. Internal power plant, yeah, self power. Yeah. Um, yeah. Power. Yeah, I do have a uh, question. Is off of well, let me change the topic. I guess I could say that. Um, <clears throat> I was I was born anemic. Um, you know, it's on a personal level. Just a just a recommendation from you as a healer. Um, it's uh, a certain deficiency. It's called glucose six phosphorus hydrogenous or hydrogenase deficiency. Uh, G6PD, it's a type of an, uh, anemia. Um, is there anything you would recommend just, uh, you know, for me or anyone anemic on a personal level? Oh, thank you for the question. This is a great topic for us to talk about because as a provider of these kinds of foods that can be profoundly healing and supportive to people and individuals, we often get asked or solicited or wanting people wanting to really in a genuine way know like, Hey, where can I start or how what I have this going on with my body, what what are some of these foods that would really help me? And that's mm. like totally appropriate, it's okay to ask. And also mm. I can't specifically like speak to any specific problem because when we're, we're not really in that line of work or that field. But the kinds of things mm. that I can share with you and I can't and I do refer people to, and this is like on a individual level, I hope that many people start doing things like this. This is such a cool thing. There's two websites I'll give you. One is called PubMed, which is basically public medical records and research studies. So PubMed.com, P-U-B-M-E-D.com. People can type in, in your case, you could type in the specific um, symptomology or the specific name of your ailment. Or you could just yeah. type in something as simple as ailment. And then you could type in tonic herbs. Or you could type in a, an herb that you find on our website that you could go like, oh, the website says that this herb might nourish the blood and be supportive to healthy blood. Uh, yeah. so you could go, oh, Ashitaba. Wow, Ashitaba has the most B12 of any land-growing plant. It's full of calcone which are precursors to nerve growth hormone. It's highly nutritive. It's said to be a blood tonic. It's said to be a beauty food. It's said to be supportive of digestion, these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So you can go like, oh, let me, I'm going to bridge my specific problem or situation that's going on with my health. And I'm going to read between the lines on this other website, Sun Potion's website, and go, Sun Potion's website says, Ashitaba is great for the blood. Yeah. I've got a situation over here with my individual circumstance which has something to do with the blood. You go onto a website like PubMed or even NIH.gov, National Institute, Institute of Health, NIH.gov, and on either of these websites you could type in the words anemia, Ashitaba, or... Yeah. Anemia Hoshu or anemia yes. triphala. 
And yeah. you could find that you will find that there is a huge body of understanding in scientific mainstream medical standard pharmaceutical standards of testing about these plants because because uh, they've studied the plants in order to like really glean understanding of what compounds and what chemicals are really helpful for different conditions and there's yep. research about all this stuff yes yeah, yeah I'm glad you brought, brought up those two websites because I do use those on a regular basis for uncovering uh, uh, certain things and uh, pulling material from uh, for certain reasons. But, uh, yeah, thanks for that. Yeah. I, I um, hope that was an appropriate question without going over, over no, the No, it's totally appropriate. Order. <laughs> Great. Well, the beauty of asking that question is now that opens up the door for other people to <clears throat> look at your website and, and do exactly that. Go to pubmed.com or nih.com. We'll put up a slide. Um, we'll put up a slide on that so people um, can see those websites while we're talking about it. And um, oh, amazing! That be, That's yeah, that way. Yeah, um, our the way that we um, we'll put our stuff up on our our YouTube account, and it will have a um, a running slide for each area that we're talking about, so people can you know don't have to run off and grab a pen. They can actually have the information right in front of them. That's an awesome, awesome resource that we can um, we can put up for people. And you know, because what we really want to focus on, Scott, is is first of all modeling it to others that yes, they do have a choice, um, and be conscious of that choice. And then the next question is asking the right questions, because <laughs> you get to the right answers by asking the right questions. A lot of people don't even know to ask the question, and then they don't know what question to ask. So these are great websites that people can jot in and say either someone, a loved one or someone in their family or a friend is suffering from something and they're not getting the response that they want from the mainstream medical community, um, then they can go and type in these things and look for a holistic resource. I'm, I'm going to share a personal example of um, you know, my challenge with, back in 2007 with mainstream medical um, was for some reason I was going into um, it was just like one, as soon as I would get over a sinus infection, I would go you know, to my doctor, I would get the antibiotics, they would you know, take care of it. And then just I would turn around and go right back into another sinus infection. And this went on for like five rounds of antibiotics. I was going into three-day migraines. I was in so much pain from the moment I woke up to the moment I went to bed, and this is odd for me. Um, I went to my doctor and I was getting nowhere. And then finally, she's like, well, let's send you to a specialist. And, you know, they're looking around and saying, yes, there's definitely something going on, but we don't know what it is. And then they wanted to do exploratory surgery on me. I'm like, nah, it just doesn't resonate with me. So it turned out a friend of mine um, knew a doctor in his family that was working with someone that was doing uh, NAET, which is an allergy elimination technique, and you know, I had nowhere else to go. I mean, I had gone through seven months of just insanity. My body was a wreck because of all the antibiotics. And when I went to see this doctor, I found out I was just had become allergic to like everything. 
And that was the catalyst to go into the sinus infections, but nothing was curing it because the problem wasn't the sinus infection. That was just a response to the allergens that weren't being addressed. So the core issue was we needed to reset the body, which we did over a period of time. And now I'm not allergic to anything. And we um, basically, I go to her every now and again if I have something come up that I need to attend to. But for the most part, most people don't know that there are alternative solutions out there that we can use instead of going to the pill or the knife. And um, in general, the... Um, and now Western medicine has saved my life in ways I've, you know, a broken arm, a dislocated shoulder. I've had surgeries that have saved my life. So I'm not going to, you know, poo-poo all of Western medicine. I'm just going to say that they don't always have a holistic first try approach. So these are ways that people can look into things that if they're not getting the answer with mainstream medical industry or they just want to look for a holistic approach from the beginning, um, this is a way for them to, to look into that. So that's an awesome resource and very appreciative of that. And I, you know, I most of the, we don't do recommendations for things unless we're using that those products on our own. Um, just personally, as an integrity choice, I don't recommend things unless I've personally experienced them. And that's why we wanted to, you know, bring this to everyone's attention, the quality, the transparency, and um, the potential of what you could do to naturally cure by using these products. And we're excited to use more of them. We're already like, okay, we need to get that one and that one. And that one. we're going to have the whole the whole shelf is going to be filled with, with your products soon before we know it. Um, but just, I just wanted to touch base on that, The just the overall medical system that is currently in play. Um, most people just trust their doctors, and their doctors have pretty limited resources to what they have to offer and we're really more about proactive health and how can we you know wake up every day and do something proactive and and nurturing instead of being on the other end I have pain now I have to deal with it we could you know come at a more proactive way of doing things and um, if there's any other resources you can think of that people could you know look to other than those two websites you know certainly throw that out there Awesome. Thank you. So you mentioned something really key. I'm just going to piece it out of the the content of what you're saying, which is that it's really cool that we, what I heard you say is that we basically have the opportunity to choose lifestyle choices, which really can have a big effect and have a big shift. And so um, every, I'll just interject now that like, from my perspective and how we operate, how I live and how I how Sun Potion operates as a as an entity, is that every little thing really does matter. It's really important. So tiny little minutia details can have a huge impact. They can have huge effects. They can have um, they can be like very, very profound and like big deals. And so if we take that approach, then we go like, oh, I want to help, I'm going to take on this like healthy, holistic kind of approach to my life. Well, I'll share with you that some of the things that that's meant in my personal experience and evolution is like, I wear natural fiber clothing that was grown organically. I wear hemp and organic cotton and silk and cashmere. 
mean, these are things that, that's a choice. Those things didn't just end up in my closet one day. It was an intentional, like, choice. I'm going to migrate what I'm wearing from poly land and um, unconsciously produce fibers, which kind of suffocate the body and have an, a certain impact on the way that you're that my skin and different things are feeling, shifting to like, oh, like, wow, I have one hemp T-shirt that feels like so amazing when I wear it and the fabric is like tactile and feels good on my body and my body doesn't smell the same when I get off of a hard day's work and these different things. I mean, that's like now a huge part of my life is to wear natural fiber clothing. Even uh, there's a company, Young Maven, who is based in Los Angeles and makes all these natural fiber clothes that we, now is basically my entire wardrobe. All of the Sun Potion t-shirts that we have printed and made and branded for the the company are all produced by Young Maven. Why? Because they're socially responsible, they're environmentally responsible, the owner Rob Youngman cares deeply about ecology and and pollution and environmental change and the hemp industry and things. So, he, and he's a friend. So, he, like, that's a way of adding something significant into my lifestyle. Now, like, that's a new standard of how I operate and interact with the world. And if other people are going to be wearing Sun Potion t-shirts, why not, have, like, have them have a similar experience or have the opportunity to have that experience? Because we don't, we simply don't know until we have the opportunity to see it or feel it or hear about it and then we know and then so I mean in April we're going to actually be releasing a line of Sun Potion branded tagged uh, tag on the neckline Sun Potion t-shirts that are produced by Rob and Young Maven as a means of introducing that type of fabric to people that are in the home goods part of their grocery store and looking for something to just try or natural kind of lifestyle piece, they might bump into that t-shirt and go like, oh, I'll try that. And it changes their whole approach to what they want to put on their body. At least that's the intention behind it. Oh, so, yeah. It's def- I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I'd say that definitely, yes, uh, definitely does have a profound effect on people's consciousness when wearing something that was consciously created. Um, anyone that is empathetic really can feel the, the energy in everything they consume, uh, you know, whether it be internally or something you wear on the outside of your body. Um, and it does seem to me that things are starting to tip a little bit. Um, like the old, or what used to be, is now becoming the way the a uh, a better path to the future, like uh, you know, sustainably harvested, grown, created clothing. Which I'm really glad you brought that point up because that is a very important um, choice that many people do need to to make in order to um, ensure a bright future for our kids. And thank you for that. And I'm looking forward to your clothing coming out. It's exciting. It's a way to like get it to a bunch of people in basically health food stores and see what happens. I mean, even 
you know, on that level, there's there's people out there that are like, you're making a great point, like rebooting old traditions, yeah. relearning or reinventing old ways of doing things that are intelligent and conscious and sustainable and feel good on the body and feel supportive when we put them on and interact with them. There's a woman, an artist, one of my fiance's favorite artists right now is a woman named Maria Calderon. And Maria, she makes these incredible handmade, designed, sewn, cut, made out of natural fiber, organic cotton and things, natural plant dye um, patterns dyed into them, jumpers and robes and dresses and things like that. And it's uh, it's so fun to see the excitement that Nitsa has when one of her friends' new wares arrives in the mail and has like a pattern that she had dyed and printed with Nitsa in mind. And uh, I mean, it's like, why not? These are opportunities to become more connected with one another, become more connected with how things and how our experience in our body feels to us. And it's just a great opportunity. I mean, even if we look at, let's look at our house. At our house, we walk in the door or any of our, we can, I say our, our house, like any one of us. What what do we feel? What do we see? What do we smell? Um, are we cleaning the bathroom with like conventional toxic um, fragranced cleaners? Are we using, or are we using something that is like based on coconut? or based on vegetables or like that are water soluble that contain no chemicals that maybe contain no fragrance that are going to have at least a neutral effect on our body if we smell it or experience it or get close to it. Hmm. I mean, what's the paint on the walls? Did we use the cheapest high VOC paint that was available at the hardware store or did we spend an extra $15 and get the stuff that is like no VOC, no chemical and doesn't have a, huge negative impact, even if we can't feel or aren't sensitive to it on our body. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's just like Pandora's box where we start to really take seriously what we are, our own personal standards of what we're willing to expose ourselves to. And there's just a continual opportunity to learn and investigate and see more of the picture of the negative things we used to do because we didn't know and the opportunity to just make some intentional choices and surround ourselves with different matter, with different structure, different coding, and then witness, experience, and embody the change of how we feel, how we look, how we interact with the world. What are are we even inter- are we interested all of a sudden in taking on a service role and like taking on our own personal mission as to why we're here on on the planet? Are we interested in you know, maybe we shift from working at a J-O-B, a job, which is unexciting and doesn't feel good and doesn't maybe nourish us or excite us. They have acronyms for the word job. It's like just over broke or journey of the broke. Sometimes uh-huh. jobs can be an enslavement structure. So if we if we start taking on our life in an intentional and conscious and wanting to, like, ask questions and learn more and take responsibility for 100% of what's going on in our field, all of a sudden we might one day wake up and over tea just going like, I want to do something different. I don't want to go to my JLB today. 
I want to like start implementing changes so that I start offering a unique service to the world. I mean, those are all victories, like so many different ways. It just so resonates what you said because I I say that often. I said you you go to spend time in your passion or is it just for your paycheck? And I think people have been so conditioned to think it's about a paycheck that they kind of like miss living in between the paycheck. And, you know, more of us that are having these conversations are waking people up. And it's not, again, it's not a judgment. I mean, we're all on our own journey and we wake up when we want to wake up, we even choose to. But collectively, um, if people could just know that you're, where you share your resources, where you spend your hard-earned dollar or whatever it is that, you know, if it's a trade or whatever, however you work with your resources, that those resources drive um, what is available to the collective. And the more of us that consciously choose to spend our resources on healthy, you know, consciously created items, the more that many of us will, you know, start to gravitate into that space even know, even knowing it's available, I think that's the biggest piece is a lot of people don't even know that these choices are available to them because they're so conditioned into, I go to this store and I buy these products, that there are other choices out there. And you mentioned timeline earlier. You know, a lot of what our work is, is in, in a nutshell, is saying if, if we want to collectively create a positive um transparent, I believe we are in an age of transparency now, um, higher consciously choosing day-to-day choices um, collectively, that that's where we're shifting into instead of um, in the past where we don't question authority or we just, you know, go with the status quo, that more and more people are saying, that doesn't resonate with me. You know, I really want to, I want to be in a mode of service and I want to be in a mode of service where we can model with consciously choosing day-to-day, moment-to-moment uh, choices look like, empowered choices that empower ourselves and empower others instead of, um, you know, the, the the past ways seem like they're kind of crumbling right now. And we're seeing more people um, say, I, want, I would like to change my lifestyle. I would like to choose healthy choices. I, I'm getting, I get those questions a lot where I work. Um, people know that I'm really into proactive health, and they'll come up and I had someone ask me a couple of weeks ago, "What I need? I want to detox. What do you suggest?" I'm like, "Well, this is really a lifestyle choice. You don't. You should be constantly in the mode of, um, you know, not just going on a diet, if you will. Um, that's a temporary reset. You really want to make consciously good choices every day. Start your day out doing these things, and you won't have to detox because you're nourishing." and detoxing all at the same time. Um, is there any specific, like, recommendation you would have for someone that may you know, just be waking up to um, where would I start? What would you suggest that I do? Like, we every morning we start out with, um, we have our reishi and our tokos before we have anything. Um, we always say um, a positive affirmation to, um, you know, in support of humanity before we drink it. And that's mm-hmm. kind of the way we start every day. Um, and, you know, I don't know if it just in, in general, if you would suggest any particular product or um, I like to start my day every day um, in service. And I think that if more people did that, it would kind of, kind of shift their paradigm a little bit. 
So it's one of the kind totally. of things. Totally. Absolutely. I mean, 100%, I hear what you're saying, and I would enthusiastically say yes to a lot of what what was said there. And it's like there is a huge... It's there is a huge shift that's happening right now, and the more conversation and the more um, presentation of these beneficial, resonant ideas that are out there, the more opportunity there is for people to choose and go like make that choice, like you're saying. Hey, I want to I want to have I want to experience some of that. I want to feel good in the morning. I want to feel good when I go out into my day. I want to like have a contribution that I make. And it's such an exciting time right now for for people that are doing that. And there is such a such a significant difference in the the harmonic patterning of and the feeling tone and the the waveform of quote unquote the old way and maybe ways that are not not feeling good and not working and the opportunity to just like on subtle levels just start steering the direction a little bit and going, I'm going to make like this small choice and implement that. And then there leads to another thing. And there's like this fostering of this curiosity and re-education that happens, which ultimately creates change in that person's individual life. And for us as a whole, change is happening. People are becoming more aware. People are more aware. Conversations are happening. Um, and that paradigm split from things aren't working, I don't have enough, there's not enough scarcity and disempowerment or the problems with different healthcare. We like, if we can see that and then go, I'm going to shift a little bit and just choose something different that has a more positive note to it, then. Um, we are actually creating a lot of a lot of changes right now, and we need to. I mean, the, we are in agreement unilaterally. I mean, I would say, in a large to a large degree, that a lot of our previous systems and patterns and mindsets and belief systems and the way that we've shown up collectively and individually are not really working and are not really serving us and are not really sustainable or long term solutions for where we're at and so they need to be changed and in order for change to really happen if we cling on to those old things then we will just continue to descend with those old things if we get mental and we go my mental body says I need to like be identified in this way I need to do this this thing the way that I used to and I have an I have like an ego association with that and i don't want to change how I eat. I don't want to change how I show up for my daily life or these things. Like that has a consequence on how what we get to experience as an individual and it has a wave effect or a group effect on the rest of us. And it's so cool that now more than ever, there's more and more people that are going, that's not working for me. I want something different. Well, Beginning with gratitude and embodying and noticing and appreciating the all of the incredible stuff that is happening around us is one simple, basic, like, golden opportunity to change and to notice and to, like, integrate 
because the good is happening right next to where the bummer is happening. But it just depends on which one you're going to turn your attention to. So if if we want to choose the opportunity, we can do that, and it's right there. It's existing simultaneously, overlapping, innervating, right next to, all around, and within the bummer. We just, like, choose which one we're going to have be a part of our main attention and exercise and things like that. And that's really what we begin to empower and live and experience and all that. So if people don't know what to do, a great question to ask is, show me my, this is a question I asked myself for for a number of years when I didn't know specifically how to take on some of these issues like how do I be of service or how do I show up to help? I want to, I want to help. I want to make a change. I want to support a beneficial outcome for myself and for others. What should I do? I said just like howling out to myself and my internal intelligence and my subconscious and the universe and the divine and however I wanted to like frame or, or word that, show me my divine path of service. Show me my like, what can I do to be helpful? I mean, that is a simple question by itself. It can be so powerful, asked regularly, consistently, on a daily basis, taking a moment to go, how can I better serve? How can I better, like, how can I be of more service and assistance and more on my individual mission on this adventure that we're on right here? It's like, that is like rapid opportunity for growth, change, Oh, yes. Ideas, ways of being, lifestyle, life form, patterning, coding, all that kind of stuff. So, yes, once we make the conscious choice to, uh, you know, to ask that question, and then we'll then make the conscious choice to get into action to apply it. Uh, Me personally, my life turned completely around. I, you know, I started noticing a personal shift. I started noticing shifts in the, you know, just the community that I lived in, there were some pretty pretty shady things happening in my hometown, and I took it upon myself to be part of uh, making things better in my hometown. Um, but yes, uh, I think if, if everyone would ask, how can, how can I personally be of service? How can I better myself to uh, make positive change and a difference really for the you know, yourself personally and the community, then this world would be resolved of all problems. And I believe that that is what's happening. That is so much a part of what I see and what I'm sure you guys see and many of our other people and friends who are listening is like, yeah, that's an opportunity. And if it appears like it's not there yet, continuing to just choose that anyways, even in spite of any seemingly negative surroundings, is is like the quickest route to realizing that. And that's just my personal experience. But oh, and uh, it's an opportunity for all of us. It's like available. Everyone, yes. Yeah, it's like it's one of those simple yet profound type choices. Um, I've been doing that every day since 2006, and I will say personally, because I can share that personal experience, as um, the miracles and the results 
and that have come that have come from making that choice every day could fill a book. Could 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 be a really good movie, <laughs> and that, that like many, many shows could be covered in in, in those conversations. But um, just just to be brief on that, making that choice to, to ask every morning how to best most be an effective um, and efficient catalyst for positive change that resulted in um, seven children's books, uh, a call to action, um, Bobby and I meeting each other. Um, those are just some of the big things. But many, 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 many miracles. Um, and that is the power in knowing you have a choice. And that is the power of choosing to put your choice into positive action. And it's simple. It doesn't cost you anything. Uh, it's it's just, free. Yeah, it's totally free. free. <laughs> That's free will in a nutshell, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it, it's free will in action, choosing to be in service, and, and it becomes an amazing world um, when you're. It's very humbling, um, and, and it brings a, a mass amount of gratitude that uh, comes with it. So, Scott, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show. Um, I know you need to travel somewhere, and we have really enjoyed this time with you and we want to keep up and keep in touch with you. Bobby wanted to ask one more question. Yes, since we are uh, results-based and solutions-based, I just have one more question. If you had to choose one thing to to tell people um, as a uh, personal solution that people can uh, take, um, that would ultimately bring awesome results into their personal life and to the ones around them, what would you um, consider? Thank you so much. That is really a great question. Something that has come through recently in the in the understanding of what we're doing with my personal understanding, my myths and my fiancé, our collect our shared understanding of what we're doing with Suncushion and why we even ended up being in this role is that the, the articulation of the idea that we are serving core culture movers and their audiences to eat tonic herbs and have an opportunity to like significantly step into their power as individuals and their mission. So tonic herbs are highly supportive for adaptability, immune function, dynamic, powerful, radiant, empowered, embodied health. And if there was one thing that I could recommend that would just have the capacity to really help support an individual in stepping into their own like empowered dynamic human experience in a new and profound way eat tonic yeah. herbs eat best quality tonic herbs fall in love with the individual plants and allow them to help you it is like crazy how significant uh, support these lineages of plants as individual uh, kind of harbingers of health can yeah. support and help us as humans step more into our power. Mm. 
Awesome. Awesome, Scott. Well, Scott, we're going to have a we'll have a slide up on the tonic herbs that um, Sun Potion has available, and we'll have um, you know links. Obviously, they won't be able to click on it because it's on YouTube, but at least they can look at the link and um, go to your website. And um, really excited to share this. We're, we're excited to bring this into our daily lives as well. And you know, very grateful that we found out about Sun Potion and have been taking the products. Um, daily for about three, four months now, and uh, excited to hear and also incorporate these uh, natural fiber clothing into our lives as well and and share that information um, on this interview. And we'll send the interview link to you once it's up, and just very grateful for your insight, um, for what you've done to model high-integrity products and continue to expand upon um, what that looks like and and model um, clean you know, pure health and, and health that, um, you know, can really touch many, many layers of what people's experiencing experiences are, not just um, in the physical body, but also a, a spiritual and, um, you know, expanding upon uh, just a, what, what used to be a maybe limited human experience. Um, there's so much more to... Uh, you know, watching TV and just going to your work. <laughs> we know that. We don't even have a television. <laughs> yeah, it's too expensive for the, <laughs> the shift in attention to that. Thank you so much. It's like a total opportunity uh, that I've really appreciated to talk with you guys and to hear from you and share with you. And um, as far as Sun Cushion goes, it's a lot of fun. It's really a, a pleasure to be a part of that project and uh, it is our pleasure as well um thank you for joining us in this show and um i would very much like to uh meet you someday and i'd like to meet uh, all of your tonic herbs that would be nice yeah we're gonna put that that's on our to do list <laughs> yeah wonderful all right. thank you so much have a great day and thanks everyone for listening it's really nice to have shared this time with all of you all right you are welcome and thank you scott All right, everyone, thank you for being with us. Uh, We are in amazing gratitude for what we've got to share with you today. Uh, Be well, get into service and uh, gratitude, and that's how we change our world. This is a call to action, signing out. Hello? I think we're just wrapping up the... Yeah, we're a little little slow on the internet side. (laughs) We we can we can um, adjust the uh, voice call so that we.